Hello, everyone, and welcome down to episode number 72 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, here in Ocean Grove, Victoria, Australia, and the dude on the other screen or in your other ear, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's Cam Blake in Hobart, Tasmania, looking a bit chilly this evening, Cameron. Mm -hmm. It's freezing. Brass. What happened? What it's it, as brass, we record this, it's the eighth of March. Now come on, is it brass monkeys? Is that what they say when it's cold? Something about brass monkeys. So a brass um, monkey looking for a welder. Yeah, that's it. Uh, well, we we woke up today with snow in the mountains. Um, a southwesterly. I won't say it was a breeze. It was a, a gale um, <laughs> and rain. It's just been, it's been literally a winter day. I think we had a top of twelve. Uh, it feels. I just checked the temperature before. It's like nine. Feels like two. This is berserk. It is berserk. Uh, so Mount Wellington had snow on it. Um, all the mountains around Tassie have all got snow on them. And wow. yeah, it's been cold. So I've got, I'm down in the office. So I haven't, I, the, the heat is like turned off at the mains. You know how you had like, <laughs> not, you know, you, know, you turned off. You're going to go and the switch. <laughs> yeah, you turn off over summer and that's it, you're done. But now, no, it's um, it's cold. So yes. I'm beanied up and. Uh, beanied up and, and, up. and hoodied up and the whole bit. Mm. Um, thank you to everyone who has shared the show around. Hit the like button. Well, I noticed we got a little spike in likes last week. So thank Ooh. you for hitting the like button below this Ooh. video if you're watching on the tubes. Uh, and also a little spike in subs as well, which has been great to see. So the community, as we keep talking about, is growing, uh, yes. which is pretty exciting. So if you've got friends or family or anyone who think might be interested in a bit of photography talk with a couple of likely lads like us, share it around to them because we'd uh, love to have them on board. Yeah, I'm just looking. We Yeah, we did have a little bit of a spike in likes. And yes. off air, both Brendan and I, so we said we're up to 420 subscribers and we said why like why, yeah. why? <laughs> that's right <laughs> we, we 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 can't figure out why we're there but uh no, it's lovely no, right. so thank you everyone and who's uh made the effort exactly and thank you to everyone who had visited the uh the new website dsps.com.au uh linked below if you want to go and check it out and thanks to everyone who bought us a beer um, we'll give them a quick shout out now why not cam uh yeah. mel jenny laura phil thank you for um for for, for giving us a beer via the via the website mm. Uh, it does help with a uh, little bit of production costs and that sort of stuff and buys us a beer, which is very, very cool. Yes. Uh, so we've got enough money to buy at least a slab now. So that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, this this or, whole Or if you're whole... if you're north of the Murray, that's a box of beer. Do they call them a box of beer up there, do they? <laughs> oh, they do. I know. Jeez, a they box. Do some... Jeez, a they case, do some... a box, a slab is a very Victorian and Tasmanian thing, I'm sure of it. Jeez. I remember once I went to a uh, Bucks weekend in Wagga. And uh, I asked, I got in a shout with people who were buying pots, but their pots mm -hmm. are different. Mm -hmm. Their pots are like pints or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up buying, I ended up starting a shout of pints. Yeah. It, it did not end well. Well, so. sco schooners have made their way over the border now. So the schooners right. are very popular in Victoria now. So uh, right. that's, a, that's a, it's a becoming a more Australian wide thing. But what has this got to do with photography? I hear you ask. Absolutely. Absolutely nothing. sweet FA. Let's talk uh, photography. So I had uh, quite the adventure over the weekend. Um, mm. As avid listeners will know, I'm joining the dude on the other screen uh, in about a month and a half, probably not even not, not even that long, about a month and a week's time to do the mm. Overland Track in Tasmania. So I've been getting myself walk fit and myself and friend Jack, who's also coming on the Overland Track with us. Hi, Jack. We went, hey, hey, Jack. He'll be listening. Uh, yeah. We went and tackled um, one of the sections of the Great Ocean Walk, which nice. is absolutely awesome. Uh, this is, I, I live two hours from it, and this is my first crack at it. I can't believe right. I'm saying that. I feel, I feel embarrassed. 
to say that. But so, I reckon uh, I reckon you might um, once you come back from the Overland track, I reckon you're going to smash that by the end of the year. I reckon. Yeah, it's it's um, the Great Ocean Walk. I believe is ten days, so there's ten different sections you can do, right. uh, and you can do the whole thing in one hit, or you can go out and come back. And that's the great yeah. thing about the Great Ocean Walk is it's accessible, obviously, via the Great Ocean Road, and yes. every single stop <laughs> along the way is accessible via the Great Ocean Road. So yeah. there's actually some really cool companies down there that will carry all your gear for you if you want, if you just want to walk it. Uh, and they'll meet right. you at the campsites and all that sort of stuff. But no, 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 not not no. not for us, and not for this little black rabbit. I tell you, we're no. uh, we're you would, uh, you would not live it down if I, you you got someone else to carry your gear <laughs> and your training for my walk. No, that's exactly right. So we thought it'd make a really cool topic, and that is um, the gear that we take when we go out hiking because. There's a lot of places uh, all around this awesome country that are only accessible by foot, um, and I think I was given a proper reminder of that when I went off on the hike. Um, I saw some views that were literally just jaw-dropping, absolutely yeah. stunning, looking along that brilliant coastline west of Cape Otway. Um, so basically from Cape Otway to Port Campbell, where you would find the 12, the Sum Apostles, yeah. um, you can... the the day, so we did it Saturday, Sunday, and on the Saturday afternoon, the surf was absolutely cranking. There was huge waves rolling in. It was proper surf coast material. Yeah. Right. Uh, and we could see pretty much all the way to where we would find the summer possible. So, um, yeah, absolutely stunning part of the coastline. In fact, my uh, background, that if you're watching on the tubes, um, let mm. me show you. This was one of the views looking straight down from the top, one of the walks looking down. I'd say you're probably around oh, 80 to 100 feet above the water there, uh, yeah. part of the walk. And um, the great thing about the Great Ocean Walk is the payoffs. So every, you know, couple of K, well, probably every 1,500 metres, you jut out onto the coast like this and you get to see these amazing views. Um, yeah, it so, was brilliant. So, it was really, uh, really cool. So with that shot, I know people at home can't see that, but have you used the inbuilt neutral densities? Correct. So part of the reason why there was a, there was a few reasons that I, let's talk gear. There was a few yep. reasons that I went back to Olympus. So I, I used to shoot Olympus a lot when I was a young buck and getting into my photography early days. Now, the, the main reason I went back to it is for size and weight uh, yep. because I'm now, well, I'm about to officially uh, be a hiker. Um, I wanted to obviously minimise the the amount of gear I wanted I had to carry so yeah, yeah. Uh, the Olympus OM5 was the one that I Olympus OM system uh, yeah. uh, OM5 was the one that I settled on for many reasons weatherproofing being one size being the other and the built-in neutral density filter meaning that I don't necessarily have to carry ND filters with me when no. I go hiking no it's uh it's a great little feature of the cameras and i'm I'm sure other brands are gonna <clears throat> probably catch up with that i think if but, they haven't um, already I, yeah. I don't i'm not sure i would assume that they probably have though yeah they, they probably is some i think sony might do something similar yeah i can just feel i can feel a really big breeze coming through my garage that's how windy it is down here um so yeah hiking and and gear and and stuff like that and what you what you touched on i think is perfect and i think it's one of the reasons i fell in love with hiking and taking the photos as you go along is because you literally get photos that you can't get to unless you walk in there. And I think there's something to be said about the effort that's involved with carrying a pack, carrying your gear, sweating it out, you know, whether or not it's a full day or a couple of days or multi-day. Um, I always get a real good in, inner feeling about photos I get when I go hiking in, in these sort of semi-remote to more remote places because there is a lot of effort involved. Um, and it's not just the physical effort. It's the whole preparation for it as well. Like, 
you know what all the preparations are doing for the overland track you know your, your food and your tents and all the stuff you're going to take you need to make sure you've got all that ready so yeah it's nothing better when you come up over a hill or you know come out to a cliff and you've got this view that you've never seen before yeah and, and yeah. you're like right i'm gonna i've got this and I've, I've done the hard yards literally to get here and get it i think it's it's such a cool thing yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And and it was a new take for me on my photography, uh, probably for that very reason. I think the main thing is because they were brand new landscapes to me. Literally, I've never laid eyes on these yep. these sections before, which is really cool. Um, you know, you do get a bit jaded when you're shooting a lot, particularly around here on the Ballerine, which I've been done, doing for the last 16 years. Still haven't ticked it all off, mind you. But, um, you know, there's, there's, there's new areas to be explored that are not too far away for me. Um mm. I was quite fortuitous in that Jack, who did the hike with me, is a uh, outdoor ed teacher. So he he has done many a hike along that section with kids and backpacks, and right. so he knew he knew uh, how to how to treat a complaining kid like myself when things got a little bit tough. Did you um, did, did you find any of the kids? That he thrown <laughs> off the cliff. Well, there you are. There you are. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, no, that's no. that's little Johnny down here. He wouldn't shut up the whole trip. And no, that's right. Well, um, he one step too far to the left, and off he went. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Um, one thing that uh, absolutely blew me away was how much wildlife there was down there. Um, yeah, folks, yeah. if you want to shoot wildlife, go and do the Great Ocean Walk. Um, yeah. Well, you got we, uh, we couldn't get shots, over it. The shots that you share with me, like, like there was. And there was koalas, there was snakes, there was kangaroos or wallabies, there was yep. insects, lizards, like there yep. was everything. There was Incredible. echidnas. We had an echidna. Echidnas, uh, echidnas are brilliant. They're, they're the, the coolest thing ever. And mm. the echidnas along the walk, they're, they're, they're sort of, they kind of remind me a little bit of cats. They're a bit sort of stuck up. They yeah. Like you, you approach them and they sort of stop and I think they're very short-sighted. Uh, yes. But they can smell you. But yeah, yeah. they sort of stop and they realize you're there. And then just go about their day, like you know, mm. no problem at all. I, th I think yeah. you know the worst thing they do is sort of stick their head in the sand, literally, and then that's sort yeah. of it. So yeah. yeah, we had a real close encounter with an echidna, which was very, very cool. Yeah. Um, and at one point, when we're walking back along the track uh, on, on the Sunday, heading back the other way, we came around the bend, and here is this huge koala walking on down the track, just right. like doing its own hike, sort of thing. And then it sort of turned its back and had a look, or you know, turned its head and saw we were there, and then it took off into the trees a little bit. But I, I yeah. really couldn't get over it, and I could only imagine what like an international tourist would think oh, doing yeah. that kind of walk, like yeah. walking yeah. amongst proper Australian wilderness like that. That was very. very I, I I have never, ever, never, ever, ever seen a koala in the wild. You I've seen, I've seen, I've, I'm not, I've seen them in zoos and sanctuaries. So that means I, that you must now come and do a section of the Great Ocean Walk with me. I'm, I'm looking at this Great Ocean Walk and I've just looked at, which section did you do again? You did we the, did from Cape Otway to Air River East. Air River. So you did 10 kilometres. Yeah, uh, it was funny. Um, yeah. You know, the, the signs can be a little bit fishy. So it said, it said 10K. You know, obviously, we, we started at Cape Outway and finished there. So we went down the Air River and back the next day. Yeah. And the sign said, so you think, okay, well, that's 20 Ks. Well, we racked up about 23 and a half kilometers. Yeah. So, <laughs> so go figure. Now, that, yeah. that could be a couple of the little sort of jut, you know, little offshoots yeah. that yeah. aren't that far. But um, yeah, they it was funny up, because though. when we were coming back and, you know, you're getting sort of, it was getting a bit later in the day. We knew we chalked up 10 K because we had our little GPS and things like that. It's yeah. like, yeah, we've still got another probably good 45 minutes ahead of us here. So yeah, yeah. Take, yeah. take some of the signs with a pinch of salt, folks. Yeah. And that that's that's pretty common. Like on the overland track, um, they don't give you distances actually on the track. 
Yeah. So they'll just say waterfall belly five hours. Yeah. And that's that's generous or it's not generous. And some days are really generous, and some days are like, there's no way you can do this in four hours. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's um it's one of those things. So, yeah. but yeah, it looks like um looks like you had a great time, and and you tested out all your gear, and you tested yeah. Out so and- um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about lenses here. So um, my weapon of choice for the overland is going to be that eight to 25 now for those playing along at home that don't know the om system an eight to 25 is effectively a 16 to 50 lens focal length yes. for a 35 mil equivalent full frame uh, which should cover a fair amount of my landscape needs um the second lens is still up in the air uh and as i mentioned last week on the show i got myself the 100 to 400 now mm. there was no way i was going to take that <clears throat> thing on the great ocean walk until about half an hour to go before I left and I I was still umming and ahhing and how I was going to carry my camera and then I realized I had this really cool sling bag um, that sort of sits on the hip on my side yes yes I know those yep yeah and it holds um, the om5 and the 8 to 25 in one little compartment and then there's this big area right next to it right now I also knew that I wasn't fully packed because we're only going for one night yeah I did have to carry three liters of water with me so there's that. But I didn't wasn't carrying you know six days of food and six days of clothing all that all that yeah. important stuff. Yeah, I thought, hey, why not? Let's just see how we go. So I chucked the hundred to four hundred in there, literally at the car park as we we're getting all our gear on. I put it in there and it felt really good. And I thought, okay, this is a point of no return. It's coming with me. Yeah, I got to tell you, I am absolutely stoked that I made that decision. That hundred to four hundred with the amount of wildlife we saw. Yeah. If I didn't have that with me, I would have been so frustrated. Um, yeah. I was able to shoot you know, the so we had koalas in the trees above us at the campsite in the morning. Amazing, it was beautiful, lit up by the sun, which was very yeah. very cool. Yeah, so to be able to shoot them without any hassles whatsoever. We also had basically a full moonrise as well mm-hmm. uh, at the and then I was able to get a great shot of the moonrise. Um, the other thing about the 100 to 400 is it's 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 almost macro. It it's got a very close focusing distance. Now I haven't even looked this up, but I'm going to say it's around about a meter, uh, which, is, not, which is pretty pretty cool for a um... yeah. So things like lizards and insects and snakes and that sort of stuff, I was able yeah. to zoom in on basically shooting from you know eye level, yeah, uh, and it kind of doubled as a macro. So now that lens weighs 1.35 kilos, so it's not the lightest thing going around. But what I found myself doing was I'd click it onto the OM5, leave the 8 to 25 in my bag, and just walk with that camera in my hand. Mm. Um, and it didn't phase me what one iota. It, it so, actually felt quite normal and natural to be able to carry to just to carry the camera like that. So, a question for you about the walk you've just gone on. Um, yes. What's the terrain? What What's the actual track like? What, what's yeah, so is, we is, have, it, is, it, is it a variety of different surfaces? It's or? mainly, I would say, uh, a third sort of gravel. Yes. Uh, gravelish, stony. A yep. third dirt, like earth, yep. and then a third sand. Um, okay. So, and at one particular section towards Air River, there yes. is a gigantic sand hill that you descend all the way into camp, and it's about... I want to say nearly two kilometers on sand. Mm. And of course, the next morning, that means you got to go back up. up So it was a real heart start of the next day getting out of camp, going back the other way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Now, also, there might be people now yelling at their um, podcast saying, Brendan, you are not supposed to walk the Great Ocean Walk from west to east, and you would be right. 
we oh, found did you break the law? We did. We were rule breakers. Now, look, it's not a hard and fast rule. It's um, it's highly recommended, and I think it's more for people that are doing it over a series of days. We literally yes. just went out and back, so it wasn't yeah. so bad. And mate, literally, we saw three other walkers, so yeah, wasn't that big a deal. But um, yeah, you are supposed to do it purely from east to west. That walk. right. That's fair enough. So yeah. the reason so sorry, getting back to the terrain. Yes. Yeah. So the reason I asked that is because when you're walking along with your camera hanging out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably suggest on the overland track that's not gonna work for you very well because on the overland track, yes, we have some boardwalk, uh, and yes, we have some bits of gravelly bits, but a lot of the walk is tree roots, rocks. You know, you you, you spend a lot of your time looking down where your hands and your feet are gonna yeah. go. Yeah. Um, so that's why when, on, when we go hiking, this is a really good tip for people that do want to go hiking. And the number one question I get all the time is like, where the hell do I put my bloody camera? Yeah. Like I don't want to get it out of my backpack every five seconds. So what we do is we have uh, little snoot cases, like the triangular snoot cases, which zip open at the top. And we use little carabiners off the front of our hiking packs and we have it on front there. So you can always pull your camera out, ready to go, and then put it back in there and it's there and ready to go. Brendan, my- Brendan might have one. I I've got one almost in reach, but you so, might be. That's them. Yeah, as you can see, used a lot. Still got the yeah. tag on it. So for but those that, at home who can't see, that's a little. Uh, that's a vanguard. Pro- a vanguard snoop bag. So what they do is they have they they're just like a triangular bag, and they fit your camera body and maybe one one sort of medium focal length lens on the front. But it just means your camera is always at the ready. Now, the other thing that people do, I think, which stuffs them up on the walkies, those things. They also have a belt clip on those things where you can thread it through your, your hiking bag belt and, and stuff like that. That doesn't work because if you're going up or downstairs with a heavy pack on and you've got your camera bag sitting on your hip, you're going to knock it, you're going to knee it. It's going to, it's, if you're a I would, male. I would imagine it would, could get snagged on things. It's snagged easy. as well. If you're a male and you have it on the front of you, you get, you're really going to pay the price because it's <laughs> it'll flick back and hit bits you don't want it to be. So mm-hmm. if you are out there hiking a bit and I'm sure there's people listening to this who do like going out hiking, even if it's a day trip with your little with your little day bag, grab one of these triangular snoop bags. It's a lot the one I use is a low pro top top loader, TLZ50. They have little uh, rain covers that come out from the bottom that cover the whole bag up. But you can have that, that. Yeah, well yeah, you can have those with little carabiners, little clips and you put it on the hooks. On your on your shoulder straps on the front of your bag, and then you you don't miss a shot. Then your camera's out the whole time, uh, and it can be put away protectively um, when you're not using it. So, well, as you've been talking, I've just realised that this is going to be ideal. This has a yeah, yeah. it's got a rain jacket. So this is basically all I need. I had one the whole time. How about that? Yeah, Um, and then what it does, it saves you having to take (laughs) your heavy pack off and dig around all the crap in your bag to get your camera out. so, so yeah. I have a question for you. Have you had any experience or been on a walk with anyone who used a capture clip and had their camera yes. hanging here? What yes. do you think about those? Well, that's the other one. So those at home listening, a camera a capture clip is a little, it's like a little clamp that goes on your shoulder strap and it, the, there's a little base plate that goes on your camera and it just slides in and clicks. So your camera sits there. So I've had people wear them and I think they work, they work very well for the light camera systems not so well for the big heavy camera systems. And the reason why they don't work so well for the heavy, so we're talking like the full frame Canon and Nikons, uh, is because they bounce and they'll smack you in the jaw. And I've had people cut themselves. They've been, you know, it's taken a little bit of a trip and bang, that the cameras come up and, and smashed them in the mouth or in the side of the jaw. So for the lighter camera brands, they're really good. Uh, but for the heavier ones, they can be a bit of a, a danger. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of giving one a trial run before 
yep. the overland. Yep. And having that there and then in my snoop bag having my secondary lens. Yeah. Right there. So I don't know. I'll 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 keep tooling around with it and playing around with well, the other good thing about these snoop bags, depending on again which system you are. So the one that you held up is most likely for a, a higher, I won't say higher rated sort of, but like a more heavier full frame system type yeah, of thing. Sure. With the smaller systems, what you can actually do is you can actually put a lens on the bottom section of the bag and have the camera sitting on top. So you've got lens, camera, and lens all in the same bag. Yeah. Um. So that's a good idea as well. So yeah, I, I'm I've got a I'm almost certain that i'm not going to be able to take my 100 to 400 down the overland but uh i'd love almost to see certain it. almost I'd love, certain. To, I'd love to see it yeah what well, so I, you can borrow it yeah absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah but um yeah hike and hiking and, and taking camera gear um it does become a bit of a choice and what you said before was smack on the money and i've done it a million times that i'm at the car park i'm like no i'm not going to take that lens i'll leave it there and yeah. you got your backpack on you're adjusting or your backpack you're like I'll bugger it. I'll just take it because I know yeah. if I don't, I'm going to miss something. Yep. So, um, it's one so of those things. It's Murphy's law, isn't it? You take it, it and you don't use it. You don't take it and you want to use it. So that's right. And the beauty yeah. of what we're doing with our walk on the overland track is there's the group of people. What have we got 14 people coming, and I think it's almost pretty even across the the board which systems people use. So there's like a couple using this system, a couple using that system. So people might be able to swap and change lenses at a certain location. Yeah. If there's a shot that everyone just has to get, then we can say, oh, look, you know, you put my zoom lens on and away you go. So yeah, that's another benefit of hiking in groups uh, with people. If you're both photographers, if you've both got the same system, you can save a good couple of kilos of lenses if you're willing to share lenses with someone and, and yeah. you know, work together as a team to get the photos you want. Yeah, and I think um, going with Jack on this walk, and this is the first time Jack and I have ever hiked together, so um, he, I think, quite enjoyed the fact that he was going with a photographer. Yes. A couple of reasons. One, he got really cool photos of his trip, and I've got some really good photos of Jack hiking, yes. so he, he really liked that, and he was able to show his wife and all that sort of stuff and his kids. Um, but two, I was stopping on the regular to take photos and yeah. that was good it, it, it slowed us down a wee bit it wasn't too bad i wasn't i'm not one of these photo- I'm, I'm an impatient photographer so i don't generally spend ages at one place trying to get a certain shot i'm kind of yeah. like i see the shot can i get the shot yes get the shot move on yeah. particularly when we're hiking and we were hiking during the middle of the day i mean you know yeah. so the light wasn't ideal ideal it was it was actually not too bad considering it was late summer early autumn mid, um, mid, mid winter <laughs> that's right um no we we actually lucked out we had i think 25 degrees on the first day and 27 on the second yeah, so nice. it could not have been and the rain moved in basically when we got to the car so yeah. that, that was a real win but yeah, yeah getting back to the gear um taking a uh you know you got your body you got a couple of lenses maybe three lenses that you're carrying mm. well then you've also got to think about charging so you've yes. got to be able to charge your camera so yep. i carried with me uh, a twenty thousand milliamp hour battery pack which for one night obviously it's a no-brainer that's going to be totally fine in yep. fact i've recharged my phone after I, I didn't even have to charge the camera because i didn't really use it that much but i wanted to carry it yep. because it's going to come with me on the overland so yeah yeah you know, and then of course remembering the right cord and <laughs> the take as yeah, well yeah 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 so. i've done i have done that a couple of times oh. I, I actually did that on one of my walks with the the garmin inreach gps rescue thing that i have to carry i took the wrong usb cable for it oh, and i got dear. about four days through and i'm like oh it's at you know it's at 40 percent but i'll just chuck some charge in it just to make sure you know just to do the right thing yeah. and i'm like oh that doesn't fit you bastard of a thing yeah and i'm like okay it's a pretty common usb thing so 
you put on your, your biggest smile and your, your biggest charm and you go around the campsite saying, hey, yeah. Out of curiosity, do you have a USB? And, and you wouldn't uh, happen to have. <laughs> wouldn't have this, and, and everyone always does. And I think that's one of the, the most beautiful things about hiking uh, in general is that you can almost guarantee 99% of the time that everyone out on that track with you is, is there for the exact same reason you're there. So there's never any, I've never had any issues on the overland track for 20 years. I've been walking it. I've never had anyone cause issues. I've never had anyone be grumpy or, you know, everyone's there for the right reason. So if you need something, oh, look, we've run out of cooking gas. Yeah, here you go. Take a bottle. We've got an extra one. Take it. Or yeah. we've run out of, we've run out of toilet paper. Here you go. Take one of ours or yeah. whatever it might be. People work together on the tracks, which I think is great. So, yeah. No, um, it, it, I'm assuming, yeah. particularly in places like the Overland, it'd be a bit of a code, like an unwritten code, right? That, yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Like no person left behind kind of thing. Yeah. And then that works with our groups as well. Like, you know, I'll, I'll say it a million times before we start on the track is that, you're only ever as fast as your slowest walker. That's so right. It's it's not a race to get to the next camp. If you if you want to go shoot ahead, that's fine. But you're going to miss all the cool stuff because you're just yeah. going to be head down, bum up. But yeah, there's definitely uh, a track code I think where people look after yeah. each other. And and, and yeah. given that we're walking in such a large group, as a rough idea, how over how many meters would that group be spread out generally? I mean, you're talking like a half a kilometer sort of thing, or uh, it'll not it'll that far? All, it'll all depend on which day we're doing. Um, okay. And it, and the good thing about the group we're doing it is that, that that you know everyone's a photographer or wants to take photos, so I would suggest we'll all be within yeah a few hundred meters of each other. Yeah. Um. But there'll be some sections where um you know people want to stay back like you know Luke who's going to be uh, the other guy working with us like he knows the track really well as well. So if there's a half a dozen of us that want to go up further, you know we could be a couple of kilometers apart. Yeah. Um, but the main thing is that for safety, we've got one one guide at the front, one guide at the back. Of course. So you don't, obviously don't leave anyone behind. But yeah, it can spread out or it can be pretty close. Um, with with a, And it depends on the speed of the group. If we've got people that walk fairly well versus people that are a bit slower, then, you know, it'll it'll work itself out. But um, yeah, the good thing about it is that we're all photographers and we're all going to enjoy the photography, like you said. Yeah, it's well. it's going to be um it's going to be fascinating for me to see the gear and see what people have brought and decided for themselves what's going to work because it's it's an individual thing. I mean, I think when it comes to different focal length lenses, it's a personal preference on the the style of photography you deliver or the style yeah. of photography you're into. Yeah. Um, I've never had so much fun with a zoom lens as I had with that mm. 100 to 400 over those couple of days. Yeah. Not not only for the wildlife but also that classic thing that we've talked about a couple of times, the the landscape within the landscape. Yeah, and and being able to isolate different things, uh, particularly on the second day, that the the view wasn't the the ocean wasn't as as spectacular. It was a bit sort of you know blown. It was the the breeze picked up because it was just a bit choppy and wasn't as spectacular. Yeah. So using the zoom lens then to about just isolate individual little waves or individual little rocky outcrops and that sort of stuff yeah. was really really useful. And in fact, I, I would hazard a guess to say probably seventy five percent of my photos were done with a zoom lens. Yeah. and the landscape. Uh, lens the eight to twenty five didn't get much of a look in. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, and I think it's one that, uh, and I think zoom lenses get a little bit of a, a bit of a bum rap because because they are bigger and heavier. A lot of people go, well, I'm not taking them on the hike. I got to I got to keep my weight down. But you're right. There is always landscapes within landscapes within landscapes, and if you're not shooting two hundred mil or three hundred mil on a regular basis as a landscape photographer then you're probably missing all these amazing little moments that are happening in the big scenes that you're, that you're at. So yes, you can get those classic wide angle scenes of forests and coastal and mountains and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes 
you know, even even the shot behind me, which will, which is a, a sunset shot um, out at uh, the southwest of Tassie, that's taken at six hundred mil. So it's actually, oh, there I am. There's actually um, taken at a really long distance from a long way away to get the mountains. So in a, in a wide angle lens shot, those mountains are, are just a speck on the horizon. But with a big long zoom lens, you can really isolate those layers of the mountains and the light. So, so yeah, it's a tricky one for your hiking. Which lens you will bring? Um, yeah. I think I think I know what I'll bring, um, and you'll probably just use the one I bring. I reckon at some stage. But um, <laughs> so right. did so you? That's the other advantage of me going to the OM system is because yes. you've well, got the OM system. If I am right on our, I reckon we've got almost six people using OMs on the. Well, uh, there the you trip. go. So, yeah. um, did you by any chance weigh your bag? Yes, I did. And what did you carry for the, the overnight track? Uh, including camera gear. Including camera gear. Fourteen kilograms. 14 kilograms. And how did that yeah. feel for the trip? Was that good? That was or... good. I, yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion my pack needs to be adjusted, which I yes. will do yep. to get the weight on my hips a bit more. Yes. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm quite uh, genetically fortunate. I have got big, big hips and I've got a big lower, big legs, big hips, big bum, that sort of stuff. So yep. I, I don't mind carrying a pack, um, yeah. Yeah. which which also speaks to what we've been talking about a lot, and that is the walking poles. Do we carry those or not? I did two days easily without poles, but I also understand the fact that I'll probably need them later because we're talking six days, not two. So Yeah, these these walking poles are becoming a bit of a contentious issue in our little group chat. They are. And and to be honest, (laughs) if I can can sneak my whole gear in around the 17 to 18 kilo mark, I'll be pretty happy. I don't know if I'll get there, but I'll... I'll give that a go. I reckon that's about right. Um, most yep. people in our groups get off on the track uh, at around about between 16 and 19 kilos. Yeah. Uh, very rarely do we have anyone over 20 kilos um, unless they're carrying a, a hell of a lot of extra stuff that they don't really need. Yeah. Uh, or they've got a lot of real heavy weight gear um, instead of some of the lighter weight gear. So, um, but that's pretty good. 14 kilos that the walking poles, um, I, I I didn't hike with them for years and I had this thing in my head that, ah, oh, those walking poles, they're for the older hikers who, you know, maybe getting a bit on in the days or knees are playing up a bit. But what I realized after a while is that what these older hikers weren't using them because of their age. They were using them because of their wisdom. And yeah. and what, what they learned is that these hiking poles actually take weight off your back. And, you know, they also help you keep balance on slippery rocks and slippery tree roots they also help you just feel how deep a puddle is before you walk through it uh yeah. they also help you you know move the brushes out from around your ankles in snake infested bits where you're walking through so they have multiple multiple options for them and even if you're not using them they weigh like under a couple of hundred grams they're not anything you just strap them on the back of your pack and away you go so yeah um i i use them all the time now and i should have used them for years i should have used them from the get-go yeah. Um, but I do now. But yeah, as as we've said, they're completely optional. Uh, if people want to use them, they can. Um, yeah. no, some people, I, I some think just... for me, it'll definitely be a case of having them on my pack and then switching yeah. to them as the walk goes on. Yeah. And one thing people always say about hiking and, and walking poles and photography, it's like, well, I've got the poles in there. I can't take photos. Well, you, you can. It's quite easy. You just stop. You rest your pole up against the bush. You get your camera out, do your shot and away you go like it's a two second exercise so yeah yeah yeah, for sure Hmm. very good well that's uh that was good i i really enjoyed um as i say the hiking experience and uh 
if you listeners out there uh, are keen on doing any hiking to take photos, then this dude over here is the most experienced person I know when it comes to hiking and taking photos. So we'll, by all means, we'll see. We'll see how we go on the overland track. <laughs> That's um, right. You might be exposed. <laughs> might be exposed. Um, but yeah, like if anyone has got any questions about specifically hiking and photography, uh, by all means, you can drop us a line on the website, write us a message or whatever. Um, you know, whether or not you've been out hiking without a camera or you're looking to get out in the, out in the country a bit more and do a bit more hiking, uh, it's a lovely way to do to do it. And you get, like I said, some photos that not everyone gets. But, yeah, build yourself up to it. This is what Brendan's doing and the rest of our group's doing is, you know, really encouraging people to do a couple of overnight hikes, get a few Ks under their legs, get used to sleeping in a tent and all that kind of stuff. But it can be a lot of fun. Um, it's my therapy, hiking and photography. Like, it's just... You switch yep. off. There's usually no phone reception where you go. Uh, like I said, you're usually surrounded by people that are happy to be there. Uh, Mother Nature can be really nice or she can be an absolute cow, depending on the weather. But you get to it, you get to the end, you've accomplished something, you've got fitter, you've fixed your mental health, and you've probably got some really nice photos and memories to go with it. So I can't I would, I would argue, absolutely, and I would argue that you never regret a hike. Oh, I'll tell you some stories on our trip. Actually, Luke, <laughs> yeah, you got yeah, Luke. Uh, I think Luke does listen every now and then. So Luke's a really good friend of mine who's hiked a few. He used to be a guide for me, and we've done a few hikes together where we've got to the end of it like we're never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the last hikes we did, uh, I ripped my pants. I ripped my my backpack ripped at the bottom of it because we were rock scrambling so much that our packs just destroyed themselves. Yes. Uh, avid, avid listeners will know all about that one. We uh, yeah, yeah yeah. So but we've got some stories to tell on the track. Uh, we've got some yeah. We, I won't say we've got any tricks up our sleeve, but we've we've got some fun and games planned for the group. Yeah, uh, as we go along. So it should be fun. I like it. I like yep. it. Um, no gear talk this week. We'll do that next week. Um, well, I, I think we I think we incorporated. We did a gear talk, actually. We did yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, deer camp, everybody's favorite subject, uh, favorite uh, segment on the Down South Photo Show is deer camp. Deer camp, should I make a website for my photography or are social media accounts enough? Greg in Shenton Park in WA, Shenton Park's in Perth, for those of you who don't know. Is it, what uh, about Perth? Is it north or south of Perth? It's actually between Perth and Fremantle. So it's sort of closer to the CBD of Perth, but on, right. if you're heading west, because right. Perth, Perth isn't actually on the coast. Um, no, Perth not, is actually it's, it's, inland on the Swan River. It's on the river, that's right, yeah. So, yeah, so um, anyway. Yeah, g'day, Greg. Uh, thank you for listening and tuning in and subscribing, no doubt, and liking. Um, You'd be an avid listener, I'm sure. Oh, guaranteed. I reckon he's the kind of guy that might just buy us a beer, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> or not he might, he might not buy us anything no, not um, anymore not anymore so should i buy a website for my photography or uh, social media accounts enough um i think so i think websites are good to have um even if it's just a bit of a gallery of your images you know whether or not you want to sell them or not um i think websites if, if done nicely and, and there's all those you know squarespace and all those other ones that plug uh, this this is not sponsored by squarespace no. um Unlike every other photographic yeah, YouTube never, video out there. It won't be. Um, but I think, yeah, if you can design yourself a decent website to show off your work, uh, I think they're good. I think they're a good way to get your work out there. You you, you look professional. Uh, it's a lot of fun building these websites or putting them together as well. Uh, social media accounts are good. Uh, and, yes, you get your work out there. But the, I guess the issue I have with social media stuff is everything's so refreshed like you know you put a picture up and then you know an hour later it's gone and forgotten about where 
a website it's almost like an online gallery like it's like someone walking into a, a physical shop and being able to see all your work so i think that's good for websites i think it's good to also have a website so people can approach you maybe in a bit more professional manner as opposed to like a a comment on facebook or, or instagram where you, you might not get the full value of what they're trying to ask so yeah i would say if you can um do it how much do they cost to do it all depends if you build one yourself like Not wix much. is free yeah they, they can be free yep. um you need a you need a domain i thought i think the domain name is maybe the most important part of your website so what you call your website uh, i made the mistake and still paying for it now with my original website which was camblakephotography.com.au but it's just so bloody long like yes. just to type in an email or something yes. that becomes really, really long. So uh, my advice would be to people, if you're going to start a website or even at least get an email attached to your photography, try and minimize it down because typing it all out, photography is a big word. Yes. If you put your name in front of that, it becomes an ultra long domain name. So yeah, I, I would say go for it. If you've if you got your photography to a level you're happy to share, then by all means, yep. go for it. And I know it's dear Cam, but the, I'm going to add my two cents and that would be that, and it's my understanding that social media, particularly Instagram and Facebook, uh, will compress the hell out of your photo. So um, yes. showing it on there and trying to view it big screen can sometimes be detrimental to the image, even to the point where detail is lost completely. So having your yes. own website where people can see and you have the option on what resolution you put these photos up um, can be advantageous there. So to yep. to show the image off the way it was intended. So. Uh, that's my that's two cents. If yeah. you have a DeerCam question, by all means, hit us up at the link below or go to our website and post us a DeerCam there. Can we do that yet, Cam? Probably. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we've, mate, we've been able to do it since day one. Since day one of the dspitches.com.au. Oh, yes, we, well, we got the DeerCam question through the website and well, we got go. some other other suggestions about the website from other photographers who watched the show. Um, there's a gentleman named Pete uh, who put a suggestion in about the section of the website, which we're going to address so thank you so yeah if you haven't checked out the website have a look it's a bit of fun yep. And, yep. Uh, and you can submit your questions like i said before it's good to see the community building yeah. uh so what's coming up for us cam uh you uh well what's coming up for me that's not what i wrote down there so what is coming up for me <laughs> I, was, I was i thought of what i've been doing let's get out of it uh so what's coming up for me i've got a, a week off uh i've had a bit of a tricky week just happened because uh i was meant to be in the southwest on a trip and it got cancelled. So we originally had it minimised to a day, then it got cancelled because of the weather. And thankfully, they made the right call because no one's coming. There's no flights going down there for the rest of the week. So go. we would we would have ended up, a three-day camp would have ended up in an eight-day camp. Um, which that would have been, been tough. It would have been tough. would have been a lot of drinking and food consumed, I'd imagine. <laughs> um, so that sort of put a spanner into work. So I've had four wonderful customers who had flown into Hobart and we got cancelled literally the day before we went. And uh, so I had to pull a rabbit out of the hat and figure out how to fill in this three days that we we're going to do it. So we end up doing some really cool stuff around the state. Um, but what's coming up is I got a week off and then I've got my very first World Heritage Tour of Tassie. So again, we're going to fly in, fly in for the day down to the southwest. And then we're also going to head out to the west coast and go do the Gordon River cruise. And then uh, we'll also do a doors off chopper flight over Cradle Mountain. So Unbelievable. That's in, that's in five days, uh, a total of five days. We're not doing that in one day because that would be nuts. Um, so I got that coming up and then uh, then I've got another trip and then we've got the Overland. So we're getting close. It's five weeks, my friend. It's not far away now. It's getting mm. very excited, uh, very yep. exciting. 
What about um, you? What's uh, what's coming up for you? Indeed. So I'm. Uh, it is a long weekend in Victoria. It is a Labor Day long weekend. Oh, so yeah. I'm actually yes, it is. pulling a Homer Simpson and making a four day weekend out of it and having Friday off as well. Golf. Uh, no, I am taking my family camping and we are going. So my daughter is now in year 11 at school. Um, and what that means is we basically have her for one more year after this one. And then she will fly the coop. I, there is nothing sure. Yes. So we're making the most of family time, uh, her and her brother and my wife. We're going to head to uh, this time. We're heading just north of the Grampians. And if folks who listen aren't familiar with the website Hip Camp, do yourselves a favor. Hip, uh, hip, hip camp? Hip. We are not hip camp, H-I-P camp. We are not affiliated in any way with hip camp. However, what, what hip camp does, uh, it gives people who have property. So in, in our case, a farmer who yes. lives just out of Horsham, actually right near Mount Arapiles, which is a great little spot, um, who has basically land that just, you know, he farms, but it's also got some nice trees and a creek and stuff on it. And they can list their place and you can go and stay there. Um which is, wow. yeah, it's sort of like Airbnb, but for, for camping. And, uh, you know, it's oh, it's unreal. This this place is like, you know, 20 bucks a night or something like that. Yeah. Um, right. We're going to take our swags. We're going to go down. We're going to take, obviously, take might take the odd uh, camera or two. Um, we've got some walk, yeah. walks lined up. We're going to have a good old time. Uh, you can have a little campfire, the whole bit. So we're uh, we're quite yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, it's good. Hip Camp is, is brilliant. Uh, I'm certain it's Australia-wide. So... Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just looking at it now, and it's got Tassie on there. And yes, yeah, like yeah. it's. Yeah, I put down yeah. for three nights. And it's like forty bucks for three nights. Or something. Yeah, there's also some. They also put up there some pretty glam places. Well, there are glamping places that have their own setups and can be quite expensive. But yeah. everything from bush camping yeah. right through. So uh, anyway, that's what we've I've got coming up. So that'll be great. Um, I've also made mm. the announcement that I'm closing my Torquay store down, um, which is a bit of a bummer, oh, but oh, is what oh, it is. Oh, um, five years uh, of uh, blood, sweat and tears into that place. Uh, so to close it up was a bit of a bummer, but it's the right call. Um, the old life, yeah. work-life balance was getting a bit too slanted one way. So it was time to make the call on that. Uh, so and my lovely staff member, Joe finished up yesterday. So thanks, Joe, for all your service. Um, she's moving on to another job now. And uh, yeah, so back to one little shop, one little shop, one thriving shop at Ocean Grove Camera and Photo. With wonderful customers that come in every day. <laughs> oh, all day, every day. We love it. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we won't touch on that, but no. No, um, we won't. Well, yeah, that that that's interesting that uh yeah that's a yeah it'd be a sad time but yeah yeah no but it's, but the right, uh, it's the, right, the absolute right, right call i'm not yeah. to be to be perfectly frank cam I'm, I'm not actually that stressed about it i know it's the right decision yeah. to make it'll be a yeah. pain in the bum having to move all the stuff out and all the physical activity yeah. that goes with closing a store down but that, that it is what it is that's all that's all part of the fun and games of it um so we'll get that yeah. done and uh before i know it we'll be back to one little shop and be happy as michael Lowry. um yeah very good. That's, awesome. uh, that's all. I think that's is that all we're going to talk about tonight, Cam? Yeah, it's a bit of a relatively short show tonight, but that's good. Um, yeah, don't forget we've got our workshops going on. Of course. Uh, how, could I, the, how could I forget the, to put a plug in for our own workshops? <laughs> no, that's okay. So the Murray Malley workshop, uh, we've still got some places left for that, which is from October 12th. Uh, come along. Uh, we might even buy you a beer if you come along. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, that should be good. Four days, uh, three three nights, four days exploring the uh not hiking region. people not hiking you not hiking no, no 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 nice hiking. hotel room um, for that one 
Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a bit more easygoing. And that's something I do get asked a lot about my workshops. Um, obviously, I've got a little bit of a reputation about doing hikes and stuff. And if I had a dollar for every time someone said, oh, I'm really interested in your Tarkine workshop, how much walking's involved? And it's yeah. like, no, not much. It's all fairly straightforward. And yeah. do I have to be a, a, a mountain goat to come along? And like, no, no, we sort of bus it and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's um, that's coming up in October. So uh, the two workshops in June have sold out. So if you missed out for those, uh, maybe the one in October is the one you might enjoy. Absolutely. Um, you can find them at dsps.com.au. Uh, that has been episode seventy-two of the Down South Photo Show. Unless you've got anything else to add. Uh, no, no, short and sharp. I like it. It's uh, I'm going upstairs to thaw out. It's freezing <laughs> yeah, cold. Right. You got no idea, man, how cold it was this morning when I woke up. And you know, when you walk out your door, you're like, well, maybe you don't down there, but you, you walk out the door and you're just like, okay, there's snow somewhere. Yeah, like, where, yeah, where the hell is snow? It. And it's yeah. it's feel it. And, and it, and it was on a mountain. One other thing I will say, we had a funny little thing going on here this afternoon for anyone that might live in Tasmania. Um, I was sitting on the phone, mum, and chatting with mum in Melbourne, and there's this helicopter circling around my house, like literally circling around my house. Yeah, but you and, and helicopters, like, mate, they follow you everywhere. Well, funny you say that because I'm like, that. this is a bit weird. Like, what's going on? I said, hey, mum, let me have a look. And I look out there, and it's the Westpac Rescue Chopper, like <laughs> the chopper that, that rescued me and I have all these fun and games with. Um, they were circling around our house, and I thought, oh, maybe there's someone lost or a hiker up Mount Wellington or something like that. But they were actually chasing or looking for a stolen car. So not only do they rescue people out of the woods, they were also doing, because they are police, I guess, um, hmm. police rescue. They were looking for a criminal around uh, who'd stolen a car somewhere. But it was just ironic that for about 20 minutes, they were circling literally around my house. Yeah. And no, it wasn't yeah. me. It stole the car. I didn't. I was going to say, did you get car. rid of it down the pub or you're right? Yeah, yeah. I put it, I put it in the garage. <laughs> so they'll never find it. But uh, yeah, so it was quite quite funny that the uh, the red and yellow helicopter was buzzing around my house. and uh, Once again. It brought, it brought back the you know the, the PS, PTSD of the the whole the rescue and anyway uh, but I'm, I'm done thank you again right. Brendan hopefully um yeah we'll get that's it that's the podcast we will see you for episode seventy three it's got a nice ring to it seventy three next mm, week it does bye for now bye bye bye.